Hey, good morning, everybody. Everybody is well. Happy Wednesday. Thanks so much for being here and joining us on this boost. We're talking about this concept of the distractions that drain us, that pull us away from being who we are. Julian Edelman, understanding what it means to be distracted as a value. And this is sort of part and parcel of what growth looks like. We look over and look out into our day, and regardless of what's going on, we find value in it. This is very much connected to where we're going on the current Jewish calendar. So much of the story of the Jews standing at the banks of Canaan, of Canaan, God encouraging them to go in there and conquer the promised land. Jews, nervous, sent in spies, spies come out, the crying, the, the hopelessness. So much of that really is just a manifestation of a narrative that we tell ourselves. This is what we're going to be talking about on Tishra with God's help. We're going to be talking about this concept of the narrative and how the narrative really defines our ability to find strength in this world. A lot of the strength that we have is, is there. It's just a question of, can we draw it out? And what draws out the strength in many ways is the narrative, is the story we tell ourselves. If you ever find yourself like um, doing something difficult, and then somebody whispers like, no one's going to read it anyways, right? Or no one's going to see it anyways, or it doesn't really matter. And you just lose all your, use all your energy for it. It's one of the greatest psychological um, tortures. This, the Nazis, Yemachshom, did this to us. They would have us build things and do things and then just destroy it. Just so that you get into someone's head and that the hard work that they put into their lives is meaningless. When you look out into the world and you see something and it feels meaningless, it feels like you do it for nothing. In some cases, you feel like nobody appreciates it. You ever like work hard for somebody and then they don't even appreciate it and you feel totally dejected. And At the end of the day, you would have felt great if they just would have appreciated it, right? Like, it's not like you feel dejected because you're exhausted. It's not like the dejection comes because you've pushed yourself beyond your abilities. The dejection has nothing to do with your actions. It has to do with somebody else's reaction. Or, you know, you work for something and you see somebody else cheating and you feel dejected. You're like, wait, I worked so hard for this. Why are you getting ahead? And the, the feeling that your work is meaningless creates hopelessness. But that's not related to your work. That's somebody else's stuff. Who cares how they get something? Who cares if they appreciate it? Who cares 
what the world responds with? And the answer is we do. As much as we try here, specifically here, to really try to move into an effort-based world, to really stop seeing the results around us as in any way impacting how we do things, because the world around us is totally and completely unpredictable still. Our ability to try to find meaning in our actions is everything. That's the difference between when we put the effort in and the distractions come and the limiting beliefs come and all the stuff that gets in our way that drags our energy down comes. What really gets us past it is not fixing it. It's finding meaning in it. When you work hard for something and you feel like it's meaningless, it's impossible to get through. But if you feel like it's meaningful, same effort, the emotion is totally different. That's why it's so important to be grateful to other people because it seems like it's so small. But your gratitude for somebody else could be breathing a life of meaning into that person. So that they feel like their actions are recognized by somebody. It's an amazing thing. What happens when you say thank you to somebody who no one says thank you to? When you compliment somebody on something that nobody compliments them on. Forget like mom and dad. Like that's the easy ones. Forget the spouses. That's like, come on, that's that's ABCs. Talking about like the random people that you see on the street, like on the street corner, like people that you pass in your life, the person behind the counter, the person behind the bus, person in the the train, the person you're you're the boss, the things that the people in your life that we just pass by every day, just by acknowledging them. You're not just like being nice. You're giving meaning to their actions. You're infusing their hard work with something that's meaningful, which enables them to draw the energy to continue doing what they're doing. Most people don't leave their jobs because they work too hard. Most people leave their jobs because they feel unsatisfied. And the reason why they feel unsatisfied is because most people work in jobs where they're not getting any real feedback. Most companies are being staffed with people that are not getting feedback on anything. They don't really have any real reviews, so they don't know how they're doing. And the people around them assume that whenever they do something good more than once, that that's going to be now the standard. And whenever they do something that's wrong, that gets highlighted. Many, if not most, of the people in America are working in a job with no positive feedback. And then like the employer thinks, like if I make like a Cinco de Mayo party or I throw a nice holiday party or, you know, I do something else once or twice a year and like I'm sort of there and I sort of give them like the afternoon off and pay for food, that it's all good. And the employee's like, can somebody please tell me how I'm doing? Good, bad, or indifferent? Give me something so I know that every day when I go to work, it means something. What, what drives us is the meaning behind our efforts. And when, when, you live in, when you live your life and you are 
being drawn backwards and forwards, a lot of it is because there's no meaning to what's happening right now. And the reason is because you don't, you can't ascribe the meaning to it yet. Because usually if you're doing it yourself, the only way you can ascribe meaning to something is afterwards. Do you know how many times I speak to people and I'm a victim, I'm, I'm a, a perpetrator of this. I hated working in the big firms, hated it. The big law firms for me, at least was like, you know, golden handcuffs. And it was only till later when my peers and friends started to become partners that I fully appreciate what I did wrong when I got there. When I was working in these firms, the work was so unpredictable and so difficult and so long and so unappreciated. At least the place that I worked, completely unappreciated. You can literally work 20-hour days. And like no one's like, good job. You could be sitting at your desk. It's like eight o'clock at night. It's eight o'clock at night. It's not five in the afternoon. I'm saying the afternoon. It's eight. And some partner could walk in, like drop a, a brief on your desk or, and be like, oh, by the way, I need this for the morning. And you're like, what? And he, he's, he's ready out. He's ready down the, down the hall. How many times has that happened to me? And then you pick up your phone to your wife. Like, yeah, I'm not coming home tonight. I'm going to come in the morning so I can pray and just take a car right back. And you know, when you're given the memo, you're not going to get, you know, you don't get like, wow, thank you. I know someone shrugs. At least that was my experience. Maybe for those that are working in law firms that are more humane, maybe today it's more humane. Who knows? Maybe it's just my personal experience. And later on in life, when I was talking to my peers that stayed in the system, they, they were giving me a perspective that I never thought of before, which is I was ascribing value to my actions based on the feedback of my superiors. And so sitting at nine o'clock at night, sitting at 11 o'clock at night and working on something was being done. The meaning that I was deriving from it was the approval of someone above me, because in that world, in order to make it, Someone else has to like you. Ken knows what I'm talking about. In that world, the world that I grew up in, my, my, the, you know, my business life started in, you know, in an institution. And the way institutions work is you don't make it unless someone above looks down and goes, this guy's good or this woman's good. And they, then you, you, you climb the ranks. You never do it on your own. It's not an entrepreneurial place. It's it's an institutional place. So I was ascribing the meaning of my work to the feeling of somebody else. And so when I was working week after week, night after night, and the people that were above me, really like, this is what they went through. Like, they weren't like, what, wonderful. It was sapping me of my energy because the meaning that I was giving to my work was based on the approval of somebody else. Later in life, when my peers, some of them became partners, and they were explaining to me the same frustrations that they are having from with associates. I was explaining to them the what's lacking, and they were they, what they were responding back with, which, which you know, which is you know fairly typical, but still very insightful. Is that 
if you would realize just how much you, you can grow intellectually by pushing yourself at this level, at these many hours, at that age, it's going to catapult you wherever you go. So the nine o'clock, you know, eighth cup of coffee in which you have to focus your attention on a document that you don't want to read in order to find something that is right or wrong because in the morning, someone else's money is on the line. If that's being done for the approval of some partner who doesn't give it to you, every second of that is painful. But if that's being done because you're saying, I don't know what this will be in my career, but I'm building myself up to be a person who can concentrate, who can think, who can analyze under stress, without sleep, with tons of caffeine. The value, I can't, I don't know the value yet, but there's value to my actions beyond whether somebody approves it. If you would think that way, the partners are telling me, you wouldn't need someone to approve you. You wouldn't, you wouldn't be miserable all day. You would see this as a temporary, and let's assume you're leaving in two or three years. I lasted longer. But look, even if you left last for three years, you would see it as an exercise of which there are meaning. But you can't ascribe meaning today to your actions because the only way you know something is meaningful is when you value it later on. When you're going through it, you don't see that there's meaning to it. All you see is 10.30 and you're halfway through the document and you're falling on your desk. Remember one time they walked in just to share one more story, just for, just, just for the heck of it. For no other reason, just because I could bear, you know, bear my chest. Is that okay? At one time was coordinating a basketball tournament. It was with my good friend and cousin, Elliot Steinmetz. We were coordinating a basketball tournament together for an organization called NCSY. I'll never forget. And I worked on this tournament. It was a fundraiser. It was basketball. It was a tournament. It's like everything that I want. Like it's all wrapped up into one beautiful bucket. And it was Sunday. And we had the team picked and the politics and who you get the team and the whole thing. Forget it. Forget it. Forget it. It's awesome. Friday at four o'clock. Partner walks in. As soon as he walks in my office, I'm like, here we go. I'm like, out the door. He goes, I need a memo on this complicated whatever. There's a piece of this document that's like some kind of like mathematical whatever. I need a memo about it. The client doesn't understand it. Um, We're meeting Monday at 10 a.m. I look at the document. I'm like, Monday at 10 a.m.? It's Friday at 4. He's like, yeah. See you Monday. I'll never forget. I wasn't working on Shabbat. That's for sure. I go home. I on the way home, call whoever. Saturday night, I go to the office and I don't leave until Sunday night straight to get it done by Monday at 10 a.m. He looks at the memo. I'll never forget the tournament I missed, gave it over to somebody else. You know, the whole thing, getting updates. I didn't have Blackberries back then, emails and the whole thing. It's okay. And I am, I give him the memo. He reviews it. He talks to the client. It's a 10 minute conversation. 
He explains it to him, not even in the room. Walks in and goes, good job. Walks right out. I'm like, thanks. Like, that was what it was like. I'm thinking of the tournament the whole time. I'm not thinking about dealing with stress, focusing, the value of what it means to focus when my brain is pulling me to a basketball tournament, to being home, to Sunday, to sleep, to normalcy. All of those thoughts that distract, that drain the battery. If I would just have looked down at that dock and been like, I'm going to gain something valuable today. I don't know what, but I'm getting something valuable here. I'm building myself up into someone who can concentrate, who can do something difficult when I don't want to do it, who could put my head down when everyone's playing outside, who could focus on something when the whole, when it's not fair, when it's not perfect. When it doesn't make sense. If I could have done that, what I would have gained from that experience is so much more than what I got out of that experience, which is this is terrible. We, I couldn't ascribe the meaning because I was in it. Decade later, I can look back and go, it's a tournament. I, it was every year we had a tournament. This is my job. I gained more from that experience of living with my best friend, Black Coffee, and trying to figure out something that I never even thought of before. I gained so much more from that experience than going home another Sunday in a tour. Of course I did. But when I'm in it, I can't ascribe meaning to it. And that's, that's the quagmire that we're all in. That when we're in it, we can't ascribe meaning to it. So we don't appreciate it. So it distracts us and it drains us. And we spend our time going, I wish I would have, and I wish I would have, and I remembered yesterday, and I hope this, this doesn't mean anything. Like, I, I, this, is, this is a waste of time. I can't, I, we live in a world that when we're in something, because it doesn't make sense to us while we're in it, we don't ascribe meaning to it. And when you don't ascribe meaning to it, you can't draw the effort out of it. Because meaningless activity drains our battery more than anything in the world. And then later on in life, you look back and go, oh, yeah, I wish I would have done that better. And my parents tell me, oh, yeah, I wish when my kids were little. Well, why did you do it when your kids were little? Because when they were little, it was hard. And I didn't see the meaning of, you know, playing on the floor. Oh, and they're older than I saw the meaning. So it always works that way. I wish when I started my career, I would have. I wish I would. We're always looking back and going, oh, yeah, had I done that. We're doing that because we can't ascribe meaning to things while we're going through them. Because when we're going through them, we're too busy going through them. Only later in context do we realize the value of experiences that we have. And so we're stuck. When we're going through it, since it's not meaningful to us, we don't give it our all. And then later on, we don't have the experience anymore. It's too late. It's done already. And we go round and round. What's the answer? I'll give you a line and then we'll talk about it tomorrow with God's help. Rabbis teach us. The great sages teach us. Who is wealthy? Who is wealthy? 
איזהו עשיר. השמח בחלקו. What does that mean? We'll talk about it tomorrow. What does it really mean? Does it mean like whatever you got, just be happy? Maybe. Bob Marley says it. Don't worry, be happy. I think the rabbis have a little more insight. I love Bob Marley. Great song. Change the world. The rabbis got a little more on them. Who is happy? What does that mean? We'll talk about it tomorrow. All right, everybody. Have an amazing day. Be focused on what we're doing. We'll talk about it again with God's help. I look forward to seeing you manana. Have a great day.